Right, um, so I'm here with uh, Sam Khan, consultant vascular surgeon, and we're going to talk about amputations. Um, sometimes, Sam, despite the very best efforts of the very best vascular surgeons, the patients let you down and uh, you're required to chop a bit off the, uh, the patient and, uh, and perform an amputation. Could you tell me what the indications for amputation are? Well, the indications for amputation um, really are, firstly, somebody who is in very, very severe pain, intractable pain, that uh, cannot be alleviated by any other reason, uh, and that may well be due to various reasons. They may have critical ischemia, they may have such severe infection or ulceration that the pain can't be controlled. Um, The second reason is, of course, um, a limb that is critically ischemic, that cannot be salvaged, and that is uh, beginning to make the patient unwell. Mm. Uh, and so they may well have infection, they may well have gangrene, dry or wet gangrene, um, and um, uh, there's, there's absolutely nothing that can be done to, to reverse that, and that's called irreversible ischemia. Um, okay, so, um, and then there are various... Um levels at, uh, at which the amputation can take place? I mean, starting with proximal first or distal first, whichever you prefer, you just talk mm. us through each one? Yeah, well, if you start distally, of course, you can amputate toes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, uh, toes that are infected have osteomyelitis or are, have wet gangrene or are simply very painful need to come off. Uh, the most common uh, operation is the ray amputation, mm-hmm. uh, where the base of the toe um, is, is taken away the head of the metatarsal is also removed, mm-hmm. um, and that's to uh, ensure uh, that healing does take place because if you leave the cartilage over the head of the metatarsal, it's very difficult for the tissues to knit over that and heal. Right. Okay. And then the next level is, of course, the forefoot amputation, mm-hmm. um, and that's done if you know there are a lot of toes that need to come off or, or there's a little bit of uh, um, slightly proximal disease to the toes, but the rest of the foot is healthy, the key to that operation is that there should be enough skin posteriorly to create a flap and cover the end. Mm. Um, it, it, although some, some forefoot amputations can be left open to heal, they are quite difficult to heal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the next level up, it, most commonly, is, is the below-knee amputation. Yeah. So in, in the foot, if the heel is involved in the... Uh, is, is necrotic or, or gangrenous, mm. then there's no chance of saving the foot. It's very unlikely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you may as well cut to the chase, as it were, pardon the pun, and go for a baloney. Yes. Sorry. Right. right. So baloney amputations. Yeah. Baloney amputations. Um, again, you need a nice long posterior flap, so you need to have good skin at the mm-hmm. back of the leg, mm-hmm. um, and the the tibia and the fibula are divided, and a, a nice mu- muscle. So how far below the knee? How much? How much leg have you got left? It's you. Uh, you your ten, the books say between 10 to 14 centimetres below the tibial tuberosity. Right. Uh, uh, the span of my four fingers is exactly 10 centimetres. How handy. Measured, yes. So uh, I just simply place my hand below the tibial tuberosity and mark my flaps out. Right. And the, the flaps that are created for a below knee are a long posterior flap and a shorter anterior flap. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you need to do is to create a nice, smooth, rounded stump that will fit into a prosthesis. That's the most important thing to remember when doing this operation. Um, And then there's the above-knee amputation, 
Um, uh, and this is slightly different in that the uh, anterior-posterior flaps are equal mm-hmm. um, and they're called fish mouth flaps. Yeah. Um, and again, you do need to remember that some younger and fitter patients will be able to walk with an above-knee amputation. So the patients, unfortunately, needed to have an amputation. Um, you want to get them back on their foot, I suppose, again. Um, how are we going to do this? Well, the distal, very, very distal amputees are quite easy to rehabilitate. Um, a lot of patients think that if they lose their toes, they won't be able to walk. It's not true. Um, their balance is readjusted very quickly, uh, and they get used to it very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and even four-foot amputations do walk very well with, mm-hmm. with a specially created shoe for them. Um, below knee amputees, most of them, um, no matter what their age, will be able to walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they'll have a prosthesis fitted, they'll be given physiotherapy. The key to be able to being able to walk with a below knee amputation is that they must be able to straighten and lock their knee joint. Mm. And so that's the first thing that the physiotherapist will address post-op. Yeah, and some people who have been in bed for a long time have a, a fixed flexion deformity at the knee and they're inappropriate for below knee amputation they because are, they can't yeah. get their legs straight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the best thing to do then is to go straight from above knee. Yeah. Um, above knee amputees, if they're going to walk again, really do need to be young, fit and healthy. Mm. The older patients find it much harder. There's a lot more muscle power that needs to be used. Their upper body needs to be very strong and they need to be very, very determined to be able to walk. Mm. And how about bilateral amputees, which is unfortunately sometimes the case? What mm. what you try and ensure that you did there? Well, again, um, bilateral amputees are, of course, less likely to walk. If they are below knee amputees, then it's more likely. Um, but uh, if they are going to remain bed, bedridden or wheelchair-bound, uh, uh, the best thing to, to be thinking about is uh, their balance when they're sitting. Mm. Um, and so if, if you are going to do an above-knee and they need to have at least one that is as long as you can possibly make it. Yeah, otherwise they can't sit up and can't stay sitting up, Yeah, yeah which must be, must be very difficult. Just while we're on uh, sort of amputation, can we just talk about um, pus and diabetic foot? So one of, the, one of the causes for, you know, obviously small vessel disease and diabetes for toe amputations or any other kind of amputation, but if you have an infected foot and a diabetic, mm. um, just tell us how urgent it is to do something about that. Well, they are very difficult to heal, um, and uh, uh, any sort of uh, obvious pus has to be let out. If you've got an abscess cavity on the sole of the foot, which is very common in diabetics, Mm -hmm. because, of course, uh, they may step on a sharp object and they Mm -hmm. may not feel it, um, that has to be drained and let out. Quite quickly, too. Yes. Um, If there's evidence of osteomyelitis... Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, the best thing to do is an amputation. Yeah, because... and so before you take them to theatre, you need an X-ray of the foot and they see do. any loosency in the bones. Is that yes, right? that's right. Yeah. Okay. So thanks for that, Sam. Could you just summarise for us the important things that um, students have taken away from this podcast? 
So um, you must be able to list the indications, which are critical ischemia, um, very severe infection, uh, uh, and of course uh, intractable pain. Uh -huh. um, and uh, the types of amputation, you need to be able to describe uh, a ray amputation, a forefoot, a below knee, uh, and, a, and an above knee, um, and the reasons for doing them, and their rehabilitation potential. Great. Thank you very much indeed.